So, yep, take a sip and all right, whenever you're ready, go ahead and do take one. Hello, this is Dr. Eric Holsapple with livinginthegap.org and you're listening to Dr. Jeff Smith on Broom Broom Veer. That's awesome. I got promoted to doctor. I'm not a doctor. That's okay. Though. Oh, I am. <laughs> Let it roll. Let it roll. <laughs> it's all good. Honor it. We'll give you an honor. There you go. All right. Thank all you, right. sir. I'm going to hit stop. I'll be right back. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Jamie B. Huss. Thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. It's early and we're already having fun. It's like rock and roll Friday. All right. So you are at <laughs> jamiebhuss.com and I love saying your name. So let's just keep saying it. Jamie B. Huss. Okay. And uh, so talk a little bit about what you're most excited about in your business over there at jamiebhuss.com. <laughs> okay. So thanks for that. Um, so no, we're up. There's a lot of things that are happening for me right now, cool. which are very exciting. Excellent. So the fact that my method has become so successful and I've only done business um, through word of mouth. Wow. For six and a half years, only word of mouth. And uh, thank you so much. Congratulations. Thank you so that much. That means you're doing something right, just by the I'm way. I'm doing something right. <laughs> that's, that's great. Okay. It is. Right. <laughs> and, and so now I've actually hired a team to help me wow. with putting together a book. Amazing. Um, I'm going to be working on an online course. Wow. And, uh, and start doing more workshops now that the world is open, which yeah. I love being with people. Like yeah. That's my favorite, to be with people. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Virtual and, is nice, but ugh, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I really like being connected and letting everybody yeah. feel my energy and sensing off of them. Definitely. And uh, and then probably moving forward to another book. Okay. And uh, so. Wow. And You've got a lot, of, a lot of irons in the fire, as they say. Good yes. for you. Thank you. <laughs> so later on, uh, I'm, I'm going to tease the story now. So okay. later on, not now, but later on, we're going to talk about how you came up with this story that you came up with some of the tools that you use in your method, right? Yes. But we're not going to talk about that now. So you okay. got to listen to the end of the show, people, to get that <laughs> awesome, funny story. Okay. So let's go back in time because that's what we do here in Vroom Vroom Veer. And we're going to get your backstory, which is um, not always funny, but that's okay. <laughs> You're laughing now. That's the important thing, right? Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yes. Okay. So I, this is one of my new questions that I really dig. So what's your earliest memory? Like way back when, when you were like two, three, four, what's the, what's your first earliest memory? Do I have a few? You um, can have a few. But yeah. But uh, one is that, you know, I was really terrified of people and cameras. Wow. So, okay. So I, yeah, I know. So I just remember myself, like whenever they'd want to take a picture of me, like hiding under the table, 
or like when people would come to the house, I'd hide. Like there was a lot of hiding, hiding. Yeah. hiding going on. I was afraid. I don't know what I was really afraid of, but I just remember that. Okay. Um, and then I remember myself. I had a lot of Barbies. I like loved mm. Barbies. I but I literally had like Barbie World. <laughs> I had like everything, like the, half the basement because I'm from the East Coast originally, right? Where we have basements. Sure. Half the basement was like Barbies and buildings and apartments and wow, fans and you had you know, the car and Ken and everything. Yeah, yeah, everything. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's great. I know, and I just really loved. That magical world. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I was, I was there for hours. So I Just, grew up in Michigan, yeah. you know, and oh, we had okay. basements too. Right. Yeah, on the West Coast now, like California, Nevada, right? No basements. Yeah. Just no. a slab of concrete. Yeah. Yes. I, what are they, lazy? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I have a, a, a co-worker that lives in Sedona, Arizona, and she's got yes. a basement. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm so jealous. I'm feeling ripped basement. off. I know. I love basements. <laughs> they're, they're awesome because <laughs> like it's cool in the summer. I mean, my brother and I, when we were growing up, we would just like live in the basement. Right. Yes. We would put a little black and white TV and my my brother uh, threw his bed down there. I think it was just like a mattress. And there was this old shitty couch that I slept on and we never wanted to leave the basement. <laughs> it was awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> Oh, I miss my back, my basement. Yeah, me really too. Bad. Me, anyway. Really bad. Right. My parents, they, they don't have a basement anymore. So I am basementless right now. Yeah. My auntie still has a basement. The last time I was home, we hid from a windstorm and oh, we were in okay. her basement. So I was like, yeah. basement. <laughs> anyway. Okay. okay. So I, I wanted to also say like, I was the opposite of you when it came to like childhood and pictures. So I was okay. that kid trying to like smile and put thumbs up and be in front of the camera. <laughs> I know, right? It was like I was like, okay, we we had it's awesome. We had different childhoods, yes. Yeah. So you're hiding and scared, <laughs> and I'm like, look at me. <laughs> okay. So where did you grow up? I know you said East Coast, but more specifically, where did you grow up? I'm originally from Philadelphia, so I am a Philly girl. Wow. Okay. So you're an Eagles fan? I do, actually. Yes. <laughs> of course. Now, and I love the Flyers. Sorry. Yeah. Right, right. Of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was it like growing up in, in Philly? <sighs> wow. Okay. That's a very expansive <laughs> question. It is. It is. Just talk, you know, in general, so, what yeah. was your childhood like? So, you know. When you were I mean, hiding I, out. When I was hiding out. Yeah. So I, I lived in the suburbs okay. until I was like uh 14. Gotcha. Um, my parents got divorced at 10. Okay. And so, and then we moved into Center City, Philadelphia. So, Center like, City. Okay. That's, Center City, Philadelphia. That's a lot different than the suburbs. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> okay. So, we took this shy person, girl, and like all this other stuff. And then I moved into the city and like, and then I went to performing arts high school, which oh, was wow. kind of like, oh, yeah. That's fun. It was so fun. It was kind of like fame. Yeah. Yeah. I was so about it, to just say it. So, like, really you went to fame that. high school. It was. Like yeah. We went, out, we went out to school for lunch and like, and it was like, so this shy shell girl. Yeah. Just, I just, I, I feel like that was a gift from God because it was like, I just, I just opened. Wow. I just opened. Yeah. And it was like, the life was just so expansive and exciting. Yeah. And you know, Center City, Philadelphia is actually really beautiful. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of colonial stuff. It's amazing. Right. Uh, P.S. The food is 
amazing. Like the best, <laughs> the best. Okay. All it's right. like, New, it's like New York food. I mean like the best. All I right. am a cheesesteak fan. Okay. All right. I do love cheesesteaks and hot pretzels. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of required, right? Yeah, in your Philly, right? And, um, so what did you, you know, do? And what, what, what was your performance? Um, did you dance? Did you sing? Did you do everything? You were like triple threat. What were, well, I was a split major. I okay. studied theater, theater and dance. Okay. And dance. And dance. Yeah, that's awesome. So I, yes. I, I did uh, I did drama in high school too. So I was uh, I could sing and I could kind of act, but I could never ever dance. So okay. <laughs> I did this. Uh, I, I, I was Little Abner and Little Abner in my junior year. And our director was actually a choreographer. She was a dancer first. She hated me. (laughs) (laughs) And she was stuck with me. She was like, can you move at all? And I'm like, hey, I'm here. I'm doing it. You know, you got what you got. (laughs) So my little Abner was not very dancey, but that's okay. I, I sang, you know, hey, I'm singing. Yeah, that was fun. I'm sure you were fabulous. I'm sure. Well, I don't know. Little Abner is very, like, I think it was a 30s or 40s kind of, <laughs> you know, it's like all that old school music. It's like really mm-hmm. weird. If you sing it now, you sound really funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. All right, then. So what was like a, a perfect day for you when you were a kid? So I'm going to, I'm going to use the history of center city, Philadelphia, please. Cause that was, that was a better, more happier, fun sure. life. Sure. So, you know, I mean, in, in school or after high school, like there's, it a, doesn't there's matter. a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, yeah. But, what, whatever, whatever is a better story. Well, I can tell you this, Okay. you know, at like 17, I got a fake ID. Okay. All right. Um, I had a buddy that had the fake ID, but okay. uh, Yeah. So you were the buyer of the booze. Okay. Well, well, (laughs) me, me and my group of friends, we had had a few of us. Right. We all got the fake IDs. And it was like, you know, my, my mother was kind of loose. I mean, to some degree. So it was like, we go to the liquor stores and have parties. I was getting into nightclubs. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, hanging out and dancing because I I do still actually love to dance. Yeah. Um, It's one of my favorites. So dancing and it was just like, it was so awesome because it was like, I could be like this 17 year old, whatever in life. And then like, you know, feel like I'm like this grown up. Yes. Like grown up, (laughs) advanced. Getting into all this stuff and like yeah, having yeah. a good time. Like, sure. It was so much fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had a buddy who uh got the fake ID and and so he was the the first beer buyer. Okay. And then another buddy of mine, and I think we were like 16 or 17, he already had a full beard. So he just stopped getting carded. He didn't oh, need God. yeah, he didn't need an ID anymore. <laughs> It's just like go in, pick up beer, put it on the counter. They they sell it to them, you know. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so I was in a small town, so the nightclub thing didn't happen for me until much much later. Mm-hmm. But we were going to like you know high school dances. It was like living in the past when you live in a small right. town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but still that's fun. You it know? is. I mean, it's like you know, social. it's it's yeah, it's what you can do. That's. <laughs> Right. Exactly. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, Okay. So this is going to be probably an interesting question. So like if you could talk to your younger version of you now, Mm -hmm. uh, what would you say? Yeah, that I know. I know that I knew that was going to be loaded. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, there's like, that's a multifaceted question, actually. It is. There's a bunch of different things I would like to say to myself. That's okay. Um, Just pick but, one you know, and, and start. Yeah. But, uh, you know, one piece would be, you know, at 17, I really started like also excelling in some of uh, my gifts and abilities okay, um, and just getting like deeper and going more into like the deeper like realms of yoga and kind oh, of nice. in, in, internal stuff. And what happened was I got really scared. Um, it freaked me out. And like I was telling people things that I could see and know and like it just didn't go well. And so I chose the route of drugs and alcohol <laughs> right. to kind of drown things out sure. to, to not – feel or think those things. And so I feel like what I would like to, which obviously if you've read my story, took me on a whole X, you know, adventure. Oh yeah. We can get into that. Yeah. Yeah. Of using drugs and alcohol. But what I would say to my younger self is like, you're, you're good enough just as you are. Like Mm. you are loved, unique and special. And like, if people don't appreciate you and your gifts, it's okay. Like you're okay. Right. Like it's like you don't have to hide who you are and shrink to make others feel comfortable. Ah, uh, wow, wow. Yeah, but then you wouldn't be you. <laughs> well, then I wouldn't have gone through all this stuff. But you asked me if I was going back, what would I say? That, no, that, that's great. Yeah, I, I have things like that too. I know what you mean. I mean, I think I, most people um, using drugs and alcohol, right, are are either. I mean, they're really, I suppose, like, if you, if you think about it from a healthy point of view, right? Yes, yes. It's okay, right? A little bit of alcohol, you know, maybe some weed, no big deal, right? Yes. As long as you're coming at it from a, a place of, you know, internal health, right? Like, I know yes. these things aren't good for me, but I'm going to indulge a little bit. That's yes. okay, right? But w- what you're talking about, the addictive kind of, like, I don't like the way I feel. I want to do something about that. That doesn't necessarily be need to be drugs. That could be anything that, you know, in small doses isn't necessarily all that bad. But, yes. you know, in, you know, when you're doing it to, whenever you do anything to, huh, uh, I guess, avoid, hide, yes. right? Yes. Like, yes. like uh, numb, numb's a yeah. good word, numb. right? No, well, it's really numb and numbing, check out, right? Yeah. Check out. Just, I don't yeah. want, I don't like the way I feel this, this alcohol will make me feel differently. Yeah. That, yes. <laughs> so you're yes. avoiding. Yeah. Yes. But it all, it could be like sex. It could be food, right? I mean, food, it just gambling, yeah, shopping, exactly. exercise, work, y- exercising. I mean, I'm glad you said that because, yeah, oh. uh, because that's a huge one, you know? Yes. People get addicted to uh, an abusive amount of exercise, right? Mm -hmm. And they call that living their life, you know? And I want to talk to those people. I'm like, that's great. Exercise is great. You can do it too much. (laughs) Yes, yes. Yeah. And really like, and you're right, because really like all of my clients, Mm. you know, including myself, have some level of like a checkout, a numb, a using something outside of yourself right, right. to make you feel different and better and okay. Yeah. Right. So yes. it's like some people don't have that and some of us do. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. I think we, it, I think probably everybody has some and then, but you know, some people take it too far to the point yes. where, yeah. Right. And they probably may, maybe they don't know, but maybe they uh, need help with that. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, exactly. Right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. I think the key it, for me anyway was just learning that, like, I'll give you this, uh, this example. Like when I was uh, still active duty Air Force, I was hanging out with friends and we were making beer. And, okay. you know, and so okay. making beer is like, depending on how you do it, it could be labor intensive, right? But it's mostly, <laughs> it's mostly okay. standing around, yeah. right? And I realized at that point that it was hard for me to stand up for long periods of time, right? Mm. And that led me down this whole like path of figuring out I need to clean up my diet and, you know, not eat, not eating the sad diet, the standard American diet yes, with yes. like preservatives and sugar. <laughs> but yes. it took years, you know. That was just the very first inkling like looking at my buddies going, "Look, they can stand up as long as they want and it doesn't bother them." Yes. What's wrong with me? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You get it. Okay. Okay. So that was a good story. Thanks for sharing. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. And that's a good answer. You know, that, you. that always reminds me of that Star Trek episode where, uh, did you ever watch The Next Generation Star Trek? Are you a nerd? You can admit it or, you well, know. Well, I, I uh, haven't seen that one. I love the movies though. Okay. So at this, there was like this story where, the captain Picard gets to go back in time and undo this thing okay. where he gets in a fight and he almost dies because this, this big burly alien sticks a knife through his heart and he survives, right? He survives, but he gets a fake heart. And then in the future oh. he dies because the heart broke. Right. Oh yeah. So he gets this re he says, okay, it's kind of like that question. Like if you could go back right. in time and talk to your yes. younger self, what would you do? Yes. He doesn't, yes. he doesn't get in the fight. He turns the other cheek. Oh, right. But then he yeah. goes back to the future and he's a completely different person. Oh. He's like this mousy, shy person that hides. Oh, oh, right. So then so he undoes it. Yeah, he yeah. says, "No, screw it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get my heart stabbed again." <laughs> oh my god, it's so crazy! <laughs> Isn't that great? Yeah, I love that. Uh, anyway, okay. Yeah. So I digress as usual. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about some time that you got in trouble when you were when you were younger. <laughs> there were a lot. Well, pick your okay, pick I'll your favorite. You, pick your I'll favorite. Take the biggest. Yeah. The big, yeah. Okay. So I, there were a lot. That was good. <laughs> um, okay. So I was uh, fourteen. Okay. And uh, this is when I was about to move from the suburbs into the city. Right. So you're um, still kind the, of shy and mousy. Well, a little bit. I had broke. I mean, a little bit, still a little, Okay. you know, right. but I had a lot of friends that were very um, outgoing and very whatever it was. So it kind of like compensated and they kind of helped me get a little bit more whatever. Okay. And so <clears throat> there were these sisters that lived down the street from my house and my mother was actually going to Europe um, for a trip. Nice. For like a two week trip. And she was dating a man that later became my stepfather, okay. um, who was still at home. And so they were like, why don't we throw a party at your house? I had a really big house. Right. Okay. 
And like, cause your mom's going out. And so me, them, the two of them, and like a few other friends crafted, like strategically crafted this huge party. And we basically mm. invited the whole school. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> and we're, we're talking about like a public school back in like the suburbs. Okay. Sure. So, so hundreds the, of kids got invited well, to your Well, house. the majority of like migrated in the older grades. We'll go okay. with that. So okay. anyway, and, um, so we, so my mom leaves. I was supposed to get picked up with my with my dad. My sister went and I was like, I'm not going. I'm going to sleep at such and such's house. And he's like, okay, no problem. So meanwhile, two of my friends were hiding in my house. Hiding in the closets. Okay. I went in to hide in the closets. And like, we didn't know that the cleaning lady was still there. And she found one of my friends in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> and just wait, it keeps getting better. Okay. And so. She left. She was like, what's going on? Kicked my friend out and then left. Right. But I didn't know that she wound up calling my stepfather or my mom's boyfriend at the time. Okay. And so, you know, the night goes on like pot and alcohol and just massive amounts of people doing wild things all over the place. Like an animal house kind like of party. Like an animal house. <laughs> like really, really, really. And then the next thing you know, my stepfather comes in mm. and he like busts the party. Like he is going room by room everywhere, like busting kicking everybody the party, out, okay. chasing everybody out. But what I didn't know was that the friends of mine that he did catch, he was writing their names down. Oh my goodness. And so everybody got kicked out. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how much trouble I got in, aside from the fact that the house was like trash <laughs> and everything else. But right. when my but when my mother got home, mm. yeah. I was like, well, obviously I was like, you know, punished beyond belief. But then she wound up calling all my friend's parents. Ooh, yeah. I had no, all my friend's parents that she got the names of because she knew a majority of my friends. Right. Told them what happened. Oh. So here's the worst part. All my friends thought I told on them. Oh, no. And so the majority of my grade stopped talking to me. Wow. So thank God I moved. <laughs> thank God I moved, but everybody was mad at me. Yeah. Not only did I get in trouble right. from my mom and her boyfriend. It's almost worse. That, that, worse. That, it's worse. Right. Because no. you really, at, at that point, when you're 14, 15, you, you don't give two shits about your, what your parents no. think. But you really, you really care about what all your friends and peers think. Yes. It was uh, really brutal. That it is really pretty brutal. brutal. Yeah. So, I hope that was good enough. For you. Uh, no, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was awesome. So, hey, but you survived, and good thing you moved. I agree. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I moved a lot when I was in the Air Force. You know, obviously, that's what Air Force people do. It's like you're usually you're only in a place two or three years, and that's a really good thing. I'm kind of addicted to that now. You know, oh, because okay. like, it's like you get to move and your life becomes a different TV show every two or three years. You know, it's like, and none of these new people know your jokes. So it's like, ah, oh. <laughs> new audience. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. You know, I've been in this job that I've been in since like 2018 and I'm not funny anymore. It's like the only good thing is, is they're hiring a lot of new people and they don't know my jokes. So that's, you know, there's, there's one good thing about that. <laughs> Just go find those new people, you know, you know all my stuff still works. <laughs> I think you're funny. Funny looking I, or funny? I, ha -ha. No, I uh, think you're funny. Ha -ha. Oh, I think I'm you have kidding. a great sense of humor. 
good. Really? You do? Cool. There right. you go. You know, I'm just saying, you know, most comedians will tell you, like, every joke is like a magic trick and only works once. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. You get it, right? I can see so that. You, I can if, see if that. you have a comedian, I don't want to be a comedian. I, there's too much pressure to be yes. a comic or stand up. Yes. I might do like lay down comedy, maybe sit down comedy. Standing is is a little challenging for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's get into this because I know like there's a big story and. I don't. I didn't like spend that much time. I don't like doing research because okay. then, guess what? I already know. I want to yeah. hear the punchlines from you, right? Okay. <laughs> and I know they're Great. not jokes. So no. yeah, no, they're not. So we'll okay. take it down and let's okay. let's get down. Yeah, we'll yeah. take it down so we can be like little real, right? We're gonna okay. get back to having fun and laughs, but there's a lot of times when you weren't laughing when you were younger, so. Where do you want to start with your backstory and talk about, like, when did... I know there was abuse, right? I, I know there was addiction. So you already talked about, like, addiction. So what was going on with you that you thought you you had to... What were you trying to hide from, I guess, when you were drinking and using drugs? So, you know, this is, a once again, another multifaceted Obviously, yes. question. <laughs> yes. So, uh, you know, I feel like... The, the turning point for me was when my father left Okay. at 10. Like that was really the beginning of the end for me, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, I really worshiped my father. Like we had an amazing relationship. And okay. by PS, I was also adopted. So like, you know, even, okay. yeah, even more so I was, I just felt such a connection to him. So right. when he left, uh, I was literally hanging onto his feet. <laughs> Mm, As he right. was walking down the hallway with his um, suitcases and begging him to take me with him, not right. leave me with my mother. Her. Oh, wow. Her. Her. Right. And, um, you know, and you're 10. At 10. Oh, wow. Okay. And so am I a younger sister, but she, you know, I had, I had a very special relationship with my dad. Just we had so much fun together. So anyway, he left because he was cheating. <laughs> okay. Um, he has, he had a, issue with cheating. Okay. But he finally left for one woman. The other times he just didn't leave. Um, okay. He left. Wow. Right. Yeah. He left. Um, but that's another addiction, right? We call that sure. love addiction. But anyway, interesting. He left. I've yeah. never heard of that specific, but okay. Love addiction. Yeah, there, there's actually a program for that too. Okay. But anyway, yeah. Wow. So I've heard of sex addiction, but not well, love it's addiction. sex and love addiction, but really okay. It's like needing he, the love. He kind of, yeah, there's a, there's a different kind of love. It's almost like maybe you're addicted to that new relationship feeling, right? And you Well, the wanna, attention. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, It's the yeah. attention you're addicted to. I don't even know right. it's a new relationship. It's just the attention. Gotcha. Like that feels like love, right? Okay. So anyway, he left. And so, you know, the, the divorce was very terrible. And like they both like hated each other and they both really... I got turned against each other and I actually got used by my mother to manipulate and take advantage of my father, which I obviously didn't know at the time. And I right. got infused with a lot of her negative belief systems around men and, and relationships right. and, and relationships right. and money. Okay. And like about myself. And so, and then my father had his own version of like the I have no money, nobody had any money. Mm. And so, and then my father was like, you know, 
I'm like, I want to sing and dance and blah, blah, blah. My father's like, no, don't worry about that. Your nose is too big. You're too short. Your voice is just for the shower. You're just going to get married and get taken care of by a rich Jewish man and be taken care of for the rest of your life. And I was like, wow. So, so the programming. Right. That I got from everybody and the way the belief system, the negative belief systems and all this stuff that I got programmed was kind of like propelled me into life. <laughs> right. As well. And this as is between own. like t- 10 and 14, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was very confusing, but like, you know, I took all that information and process it in my own way. Cause this is all the work I do now, actually is sure. help people right, right. find all this stuff. But, and then, you know, and you're and not then, really all that aware of what's going on when you're no, 10 through 14, no. you're just sort of absorbing it all. Right. Absorbing it and like right. they're God. Yes. Some yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're like programming they, your little brain. Yes. Right. Yeah. Into their own belief systems. Right, right. And you know, and then so there was a lot there. Totally. As well as um, you know, I have um some unique gifts. Uh sure. Of like intuition and psychic and the ability Lovely. to, you know, uh be told information about people. And so that was accelerating also, like I said to you at 17, like all this stuff was coming to a place with all this information. Wow. And I just feel like I was oh I it was too much. Even uh, though, yeah, yeah. you know, I went to therapy, it didn't help because I still had to deal with them and hear the programming all day long. So anyway, right. cut, cut, cut to. You know, when I found alcohol, that was the best thing ever. And okay. Best thing ever. <laughs> Understand. Yes. Right? I like alcohol. Like, alcohol is great. Qui- well, right. Because it quieted everything and then kind of mm, right. made me feel comfortable in my skin. But then when I found cocaine at 17. Wow. That was like. Yeah, that's that's a really. The beginning of the end. Just yeah, yeah. FYI. But anyway, the I really. Of the end. The beginning of the end. And then, and right. you know, and I, and I loved all the attention. So mm. it was like, I was going out. It was very popular. Everybody wanted to be with me. I was getting in all the clubs. And I feel like if the question is like, what's the turning point? I feel like it really started escalating there. Mm-hmm. But the real bottom was when I graduated college. Okay. And I thought I was just going to get married. And taken care of. Like, I didn't think I was going to have to do anything with that. You know right, I mean? right, like, right. You did, I don't have to work because no, all of that like, programming, you're just yeah. going to marry somebody, a rich somebody, Jewish dude. Yes. Right. <laughs> well, and like and instead, said. Yes. instead, I fell in love with a Spanish man. <laughs> okay. From Spain. Yes. Um, and not and rich. Like, who didn't, not really, no. No. And, you know, and when that didn't work out, mm. that was the beginning. That was really the beginning of the end. Like, I, I just couldn't. I, I couldn't handle all the stories. I couldn't handle all the negative beliefs. Like the drugs and alcohol just took over. And I like really kind of hated myself and I hated my life. And like, I didn't even tell you also, like I had a very abusive step family. So like okay. coupled with their abuse and the things they did, it was just like, I just couldn't deal with life anymore. Like I just couldn't handle it. Right. Like, life did not turn out the right. way I had thought. Right. And, I was and, like, and also mm-hmm. let me talk a little bit about like, so, you know, you said like, alcohol is awesome and cocaine is awesome. Right. And it's right. And I get that. I I totally get that. Like when you find the thing that makes the pain go away for a while, everything is awesome. Uh, Right. And that's, I I think that gets lost right on when we talk about recovery and addiction is like, there's huge chunks of time where you're not thinking about 
anything bad. You're just thinking everything is awesome. All I need is another hit. (laughs) It becomes like food or air, you know, it's just like, that's just medicine to make me okay. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And it was good for a long time. Like I was very popular and having a lot of fun for a very long time. Right. But when, so this feels kind of normalized, right? It feels, yeah, it is normal. That's normal for you. Right. Well, because everybody I hung out with was doing the same thing. Right. So it wasn't like it wasn't normal. I was only hanging out with people that were partying. So yes. it was like, right, you right. know, I was the fun girl. Sure. But, but when it stopped working, I right. mean, I didn't know that that wasn't working. Right. But like the bottoms kept falling out. Sure. Kept falling out. And things just kept getting worse and worse. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so let's talk about the rock bottom and, and, or like the beginning of recovery for you. Okay. So wherever you want to start. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll just start at the, I'll start at the end in the beginning. <laughs> that, that's it. Right. The Every end, end, the is, end a is a beginning. Yes. Right? Which yes. is that the little death, um, the little death. Yes. <laughs> at the end, at the end of my addiction, I had, um, Oh gosh. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to just give it to you all. Yeah. I had gotten a hole in my nose that was bigger than a quarter from all the cocaine. Wow. I had actually even gotten hepatitis B. I had Epstein bar. I mean, like wow. literally my body could not, um, function from the abuse and um and aside from like lost like millions of jobs had no friends at the end nobody wanted to be around me i was dating a very unhealthy man who kept bringing me the drugs right and um and one of my best friends from actually camp (laughs) from when i was 15 wow who lives in atlanta actually Mm -hmm. came to visit me um, and she was close with my family because I've known her for forever, right? Right. She, and I hadn't seen her in 10 years and I couldn't stop using. And so I didn't know before she left that she told my family. Oh, wow. Uh, on me. Wow. And, um, because I was literally like weeks away from dying. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not just saying that to be dramatic. I'm telling you, like, I couldn't stop. Yeah, physically. And my body, yes. my body right. couldn't take it anymore. Aside from the emotional, mental. You, you know, were like days stuff. or weeks away from dying, right? Exactly. And so she told them and like a month later I had an intervention. Okay. Um, And this was before interventions were on TV. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Nobody knew what they were. Right. They're definitely not cool cool for you. Right. No, not not, not even a little bit. (laughs) And so they flew her in. They hired an interventionist and then I had like eight other family members sitting in a circle, staring at me. Like they hijacked me and surprised me, put me in this room. Surprise recovery. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It it was really kind of traumatic. Yeah. Traumatic. Traumatic. And, and they all went around in a circle and read me how my addiction affected them. Wow. Which was really awful. And the last person was my dad. And I was actually working for my dad at the time because I couldn't actually keep a job. (laughs) Okay. This is the dad that you were in love with when you were 10? My my real dad. Okay. Right. So, and, um, and he was like, and he was helping me, supporting me to some degree. Right. So he's like, this is the deal. You have two choices. Mm. You can either get sober Right. Change your life. Right. And I and we will all support you and help you and do anything we can to help and support. Right. Or if you choose not to, you are completely cut off and done. I will take everything away. Mm. And we don't want anything to do with you. Wow. And I was like, what? 
That's, I was that's, sitting that's, there. That's pretty hard. That's pretty hard, hard edge. Right? Yes, that's a hard and, edge. And I, act, right and I actually had to think about it, though. Like, I really did. <laughs> of course. Like, I of like, course. Wait a minute. Like, There's this impossible thing that I can't possibly do. Like, stop using, right, my air. It's like, air. yeah, air. it's like, okay, you're asking me to stop breathing or be with be with my family that I love. You know, yes, and you actually have to think about it, right? I had to think about it, <laughs> right? Because you know, at that time, I didn't know anybody in recovery. Like, I didn't even know what recovery was, right? So I, I had no idea. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I thought about it, and I was just like, and something came over me, and was just like, this may be the answer. Like, mm. because I knew that my life was horrific. I just okay. didn't know what the problem was and mm. I didn't know how to change it. Right. I just thought it was everybody else. Like all the problems, my parents, my step family, right. everything the men, out there, everything out there, yes. not anything in here. Inside. Right. And, right. And so begrudgingly, <laughs> I yeah, went, oh yeah, totally. I, I, I went, I got shipped off to a rehab. Right. Um, Thinking then, that you couldn't actually live through it probably. I, I mean, I had no idea what I was in for. I really didn't. Right. Um, and then, and, and. So I, talk, did you go through that uh, DT kind of situation that lots of detox. detox? Yeah. I mean, I was only doing alcohol and cocaine, really. That was. So there's only. not a lot of detox. Not a lot of detox, but. The physicality. Well, getting off of alcohol is pretty rough. Well, yeah, but I was only drinking it like that when I was doing cocaine. So it would kind of level itself out. <laughs> okay. Um, Good for you. It, you figured but, something but, out there. Yeah. But the cocaine yes. really kind of like. That's what keeps you going. Have, it keeps you going. Yeah. Well, I had ADD and OCD. So like okay. the cocaine kind of like zoomed it in and kind of leveled it out for me. Okay. So when I stopped with the cocaine, I was very like. All over, still, right, right, all right. over the place. So that was like my detox, but that took a year. <laughs> right. But that, that you could say that like, you like to dance, right? Absolutely. So dancers sort of need to move to think. So you would be that way, even if you were sober, I would imagine. Okay. Well, kinda, I mean, Maybe not as neurotic. How's yeah, that? So? Exactly. Exactly. No, I, I actually saw this Ted talk, right. And oh, they were uh -huh. talking about, uh, giving the medicating this 14 year old girl or maybe a 10 year old girl. Oh. Right. And because she just wouldn't stop moving, she was fidgety. She would get up, she would move. Right. Yeah. And she's like, you know, there's nothing wrong with her. She's just a dancer. She needs to move to think. Right. You know, not everybody can sit, you know, for eight hours a day no. in a chair. Right. That, yeah. And asking everyone on the planet to sit and not move. You know, because that's just the easiest way to teach people. <laughs> anyway, Absolutely. I, I'm commenting on society now. I shouldn't okay, do okay. that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. I'll get off the soapbox. Okay. <laughs> anyway. P.S. My son is one of those children. See, right. Also, so. Right. Right. I, so, you know, there's not everybody can fit into the box. Exactly. And, right. So I, I agree with all that, but we won't even get into that. Today right. That's right. Too much it's subject. too right. much. So, yes. Yes. We'll, so, we'll both get off soapboxes. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks for keeping me out of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So now recovery is not like a fairy tale. It, it's fun in the end. Right. Right. <laughs> so talk a little bit about like what it's like to go through it. I mean, I know in, in the end it's it's better, but it's got to be just kind of like hell a little bit, right? 
Yes. Okay. So I'm I'm gonna only because we do an AA because I I got sober through Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay, that's um, fine. So I am not a speakers, you know, uh, recovery person right, for, right. Uh, because that is not that's against our principles. Okay. But I can tell you my experience. Right. Is that um, it, ch- it saved my life. Like I wouldn't right. be alive if I was not sober. Right. Um, I followed the program of Alcoholics Anonymous to the T. Okay. Which means I went to meetings three and four times a day when I first got sober. I right. got a sponsor. I started doing the steps and I did everything because I wanted the results. <laughs> right. So right. I'm a results oriented person. Understood. So, yes. And I really did everything. And it is hard work, but it's like, it was like either I do this. Yes. Or I go back to use because eventually if we don't fix the internal issue. Right. Because as we discussed, it's an internal problem. Right. We will go back. And, you know, some people don't necessarily go back, but they go back emotionally mm. to what There's we a- call being a dry drunk. Right. Oh, dry not, drunk. Okay. Dry drunk. I've we're never not heard dealing- that. Because mm-hmm. then we're not dealing with the spiritual malady and like all uh, the other stuff we have to deal with. Right. Which are part of the program. So. Okay. I will say that like, you know, I, I worked this program like very hard. If you ask anybody that knows me, I've done everything. Like I just did everything over and over and over again because I just wanted to get well. I just wanted okay. to get well. And it can be excruciating and scary, but ultimately, mm. you know, it's what changes your life and heals you and gives mm. you like the ability to not use drink or use and start to participate in life in a very different way, which changes everything. Right. 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 So that, yeah. No, that's good. That's okay. good. No, you know, I, uh, w- when I was, um, say like early twenties, I went through depression. Oh. So it wasn't necessarily addiction based. Yes. I couldn't, necessarily i still don't know why but uh, what i would say is i was just depressed and that went into like some suicide attempts so i i Mm -hmm. thanks (laughs) i lived (laughs) thank god but i never got any sort of so like i my biggest fear was like the air force finding out because then i would lose my security clearance and not be able to do my job anymore yeah yes um so there was that stigma so Um, if I were to like not die when I committed suicide and, yes. and it didn't work, I'd have to yeah. get up and go to work. Um, so I did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes. like I took rat poison and then didn't die and then went to work the next day. That ultimately was like why I decided to not be depressed anymore. Does wow, that make sense? <laughs> that yeah. Make, that I make, mean, yeah, go ahead. It's amazing really. And you know, because you, some people have the ability to do that. Right. I just, and I, yeah, I had to like, you had something within you that gave you that ability to do that. Like uh, a lot of us need, I needed the support and guidance uh, of uh, going to meetings and being with people. And I didn't know how to live without drugs and alcohol. So I I learned, yeah, I learned how to become a, a functioning person in society. Right by being in Alcoholics Anonymous. Well, what I would say is the day after I didn't die and like had to live through life and pass a bunch of rat poison through my body, I, I felt really bad. I was yes. really sick, right? Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> and, and I got to this like, 
I think the internal dialogue, something like, was like, well, rat poison didn't kill me, so fuck it. <laughs> it wasn't like a healthy sort of like, I wasn't, I yeah, I wasn't yeah. done, right? right? I was just like, right. the, the volume of the bullshit that I was putting up with just got dialed down to like one or two. It's like, okay. I'm worried about right. this crap. I just didn't die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I yeah, was, yeah. There was, it yeah. was years of still avoiding my problems before I actually got better. <laughs> But I would say there's value in that sort of like fuck it kind of attitude for yeah. a while. It's not, you're not done yet. You're not yeah. done yet. Well, you're just, yeah, right. go ahead. <laughs> well, no. Yeah. And I mean, that would lead me into kind of like what got me here. Yes, please. Is if you want it. So let's, you know, let's do the story about how you uh, came up oh, with these want, tools. Yes. Uh, okay. Cause I don't want to forget because <laughs> okay. we teased it. Uh, well, can I lead you into this? Of course. To get to that? Yes, okay, of course. So, you know, after nine and a half years of working the program, really, really diligently and hard, I went, now, another, right? I went into another program for money because I had okay. a spirituality around money. But, but, and obviously from all the programming we talked about. Right. So like I'm doing that and then I turned 40. Okay. And, and, I, and, and I just broke up with another unhealthy, abusive boyfriend. Right. Um, I'm in a job that is unhealthy and abusive. Right. And my friendships suck. And I was like, something is very wrong. Still. And, so. and this is after you become sober. Yes. Okay. Nine and a half years after being sober. Wow. And then getting into another program. So, so I'm like, listen, my life has gotten better. I'm alive and I wouldn't be alive, but I'm like, and I was going to therapy and I'm like, wow, right. Something is still really wrong with me. There's more work that, to that be done in here. More work to be done. Right. And like, I came to like the dark night of the soul because I was like, I literally broke up with the guy two days before my. Oh no. Okay. 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 Technical difficulty over. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry okay. about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously we needed a pause. There you okay, go. So, so at the dark night of the soul, I was like, either I'm just going to kill myself because I can't keep living this way. I really can't. Like, right. This is just. And this is all, the sober you speaking. Yes. Yes. Okay. And this is after all the work I had done, and right. up to then I had done like a lifetime of therapy. I was at 10 right. years sober. I was like, you know, I had done psychics and healers and like wow. yoga and right. like self-help books. And I was like, yeah, you're doing everything right now. And there's still something wrong. Something's right. really wrong. Right. Oh, and, and something came over me. I feel like I got a message, which was like, no, you just have to go deeper. Okay. You have to go deeper. Interesting. The issue is deeper. And right. I was like, and I was like, what does that even mean? Right. And I was just like, I know exactly what to, when when you hear that that quiet, soft voice. Yes. And you know you need to listen to it, and it says shit you don't want to hear. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. So I'm sorry. I'm but sorry. At, you need the soft, quiet voice that tells you yes. shit you don't want to hear. Yeah. It's just really hard to hear it. <laughs> Yes. 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 And, well, well, this is the beginning of how I'm here today. Right? I know. Which is I that, get it. Yes. Which is that I was like, okay. So I went with all the muster and all the devotion of my entire being. And I'm like, I am going to find the shit and get it. 
Right. And so like I started doing all these other modalities. I started, you know, really tapping into things. I was like going eat. I was working on manifesting stuff and relationship stuff and healing myself stuff and right. all this stuff. And I'm like, because <laughs> there's no way that I have all these re- shitty relationships after all this time. So I'm, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. And right. so what happened was that. I started doing all this work. I had a lot of divine guidance. And just two years later, through a concoction of many things, when done all together, which is the big key point, right? my life completely changed. So I completely changed on the inside. Yes. Yeah. I completely changed on the inside by and doing you, all this stuff. And you did the, the, the actual no kidding, scary shit. No kidding stuff. Because the no kidding scary shit. Yes. Well, that, right. The and things you most don't want to do. Don't want to do because right. what they were, as I prefaced it earlier in the conversation, which is that all those negative programming, right, limiting beliefs, the negative right. thinking, my negative behaviors mm. actually rooted from somewhere. And they actually and that rooted that from mom and dad. Yeah, that 10 year old. Right. Yeah. Mom and dad. Yeah, and so totally. I had to I had to go back and mm. what what my the magic of my method is, thank you God for helping me create this, which is that I can I can help I can find uh, they call me the soul surgeon because I can extract the exact pain from your soul. Right. And help you find your exact thinking and your exact behaviors that Doesn't you are doing based on that pain. That you're still playing it out today yeah. and recreating these patterns of pain, right. reliving these experiences and bringing in the same people and situations, maybe different names and different dynamics. Mm. But the ending is still the same, which ends up taking you back to the ultimate pain right? and belief system. Right. So I found a way to get it. To get it, through, like get it through, out of your soul. <laughs> through through living it, <laughs> living it. Yeah, I, through I living it. it. Yes, and then and wow. then I got to reprogram right. my thinking and change yes. my behavior. Right, and so I did something similar. So yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. I read a book. I don't remember. It was just the dumbest book that you would ever think. I think it was Life Strategies by Doctor Phil. Okay, wacky. But he was okay. right. <laughs> anyway, I digress. He, you know, it was like exactly what you're talking about. So like well, my my per- particular pain and abuse was like the volume and heat, uh, yeah. I would say, was in, in a smaller volume, right? Yes. Um, but still there and still yes. highly impactful in all of my program thinking. So I went through something very similar where you have to go back and sort of like relive that. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So PS, just FYI. Yeah. Yeah. What, what I do doesn't exist. Nobody else does what I do. Cause okay. if I did, I would have found it and not been able to create my stuff. <laughs> okay. So okay. Just yes. FYI, you have to, you have to tell us how go you go back to relive it. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's fine. All right. What well, do you because, do? Oh, so, tell me your tools. There's a, there's okay. a tool story, right? Okay, so I, I'm going to tell you that in one sec. I'm just okay. going to touch on what you just said and go sure. into that story. Sure. So I actually have a method. I have a workbook. Right. So I have an exact process through. Okay. We're not going back. It's not therapy. I take you back 
and I extract things from your mind and your soul. Oh, so nice. it's not that you have to relive the experience and do all that stuff. I am pulling it out of you oh, wow. to show you, because everything yes. we do is written, to show you exactly what you're doing so I can show you exactly what you need to think and do instead. Ah, so like I, right, am right. In, I am changing you as a on a whole visceral level yeah, yeah. As, as well as I have a whole system in place because as we discussed also, the problem is is that if we're getting external forces to fix us, there's something wrong inside. So I have a whole process also by which we create self-love and connection because that's, that's awesome. what's missing. Yes. Okay. So the tools, really fast. I love this story. So <laughs> okay, in, in the midst of this, I was still at this really abusive job. And I just want to be clear. You know, I wasn't the best either. So I just, let's just be clear. So the way the relationship that's was good. before was that he would scream, I would scream back at him. We'd be fighting. I was working at a store. Cu customers would run out of the store because it was like really <laughs> yeah, scary. We'd be cursing, yeah. scary and whatever it was. And right. so I actually left and then I went back. And this is where I was at the point I'm telling you of the change. And I knew, and this is a big thing. And I just want to share this, which is that if I left and did not work it out and integrate the change, I would bring it in again. Right. That I had to work it out here. And be the change there. Right. So I was willing to do whatever it was to end this and not be in this resentment, anger and whatever. So I, here we go. Here's the tool. So I went into work and he's like screaming at me, cursing at me, blah, 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 whatever it is. And I started going like this. I, I know that nobody can see this, but you can. Okay. So I started swirling my hands around myself and wow. saying, I am surrounded by a ball of light and protection. Nothing you can say or do to me can hurt me. I will not speak to you until you can speak to me in a kind and loving way. Well, you can only imagine how he responded to that. But this is the coolest news I ever, I hope he right? didn't punch you. <laughs> well, he was furious. But I kept walking around the store, surrounding myself like with the ball of light. I right. am surrounding myself with a ball of light and protection. Nothing you can say or do can hurt me. I will not speak to you until you can speak to me in a kind and loving way. And I would just say it over and over and over and over again. Right. That's awesome. At I first he would scream. Then he walked out of the store and then eventually what started to happen is he knew what was coming. Mm. He stopped doing it. It worked. It worked. It worked. It worked. And, and, and I could leave that job knowing that I no longer have that in me to create those kind of dynamics anymore. There you go. Boom. Drop the mic. Boom. <laughs> you know, because I that's part of, I love it. Well, yeah. it's part of, you know, the work I do because the work I do is so complex. It is about communication. Right. It's about setting boundaries. It's about loving yourself. Right. Honoring yourself. It's also about being honest and authentic and not living in the fear, letting the fear drive you I'm afraid of losing that job. So I right. take the abuse. Right. It's like, no, if this isn't where I belong, something better is coming. That's true. I like that. That's that's awesome. Thanks for thanks for sharing that story. That was and we teased it and it, and it's towards the end, so that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> and there you go. And there you go. Um, so we are coming up on our hour mark. Uh, I could we could do a part two because uh, Jimmy B. Huss is a lot of fun, <laughs> and I don't think we got uh, enough you know cover here. I think we could talk more, but as that turns out, we're, uh, we're getting done. So, uh, talk a little bit more about how people get in touch with Jamie B. Haas. 
<laughs> I love when you say that. Me too. So <laughs> you, you can find me at www.jamiebhuss.com. However, the spelling of my name is mm. J-A-I-M-E. Right. That got B- me. Haas, H-A-A-S. Right, right. Yeah. You know, my brother, is, is his name is James, but when we were kids, he went by Jamie for a while. Yeah. So uh, when I was searching for you and your email, it didn't come up. I was like, where the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. So it's different. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. Difference is Different is awesome. <laughs> I, like I think so, too. <laughs> this has been a blast, and you are awesome. Um, I, you know, we didn't, there's a whole list of stuff that I literally did not cover. So if you want to come back in six months or a year and we can talk more about the people pleasing stuff and all oh, your, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, cause I, I just recently kind of got over that, you know, yeah. the, the, I was probably, uh, I don't know, really bad yeah. <laughs> at, at the people pleasing thing. Yes. So talk. And then as soon as you stop doing it, you know? It 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 was like amazing, you know the the results. The, well, people don't get pleased when you stop pleasing I, them. I know. <laughs> well, yeah, but it, I, I did. <laughs> well, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah, that, it, that's the point. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> then I maybe got it right. I don't know. I, it maybe, seems like you did. I don't know. We'll see next time. We'll talk more. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd love to come back. You were so much fun. I really enjoyed myself. Yeah, this is a blast. Um, so okay, so let's let's wrap this up and say say goodbye and uh, and uh, you have a good one. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. All right, take care. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer.